startle us, O God, with your truth and open our hearts and our minds to your wondrous love. Speak your word to us. Silence in us any voice but your own and be with us now as we turn our attention, our minds, and our hearts to you in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Among you stands one you do not know. Those were John the Baptist's words recorded in John 1.26. Of course, at that time, it was literally true that a carpenter's son from a backwater town of the Roman Empire was rubbing shoulders with lots of people, including the crowds that jostled together at the banks of the Jordan. He was rubbing shoulders with lots of people, but no one had a clue that this unimpressive man was the one, the word of God, the logos by whom all things were created, the logos made flesh. Sometimes I think that Jesus had a big halo on his head or a big spotlight on him or a green arrow pointing out of the sky saying, here is the Messiah. There wasn't. Among you stands one you do not know. There's more gospel and Advent mystery packed into that little line than we may realize. After all, if the Son of the living God is on the earth, if the Word of God through whom everything that exists has been made was walking the soil of his own creation, wouldn't common sense tell you that he'd be someone no one could possibly miss seeing? Shouldn't everyone have been able to know who he was at a glance? But on the other hand, how could we know Jesus? How could we recognize him? He doesn't look the way we expected. He comes in disguise, unassuming, cloaked in the everyday, hard to recognize. I heard a story one time about a Charlie Chaplin look-alike contest in which Charlie Chaplin himself entered. Charlie Chaplin came in fourth. Even with his name being Jesus the Messiah, it's doubtful Jesus would have been recognized. He might not have come in first place in his own contest. Apparently, Jesus did not sound or act the part of a would-be savior of the world. You could stand in the baptism line right behind him, shuffling towards the water's edge, waiting your turn to be dunked by John, and have no clue who was in front of you. You could be at a dinner party with this man, and even ask him to pass you the salt and pepper, and have no idea that the fingers that would grasp the salt shaker were the same fingers that once set quasars to spinning. Among you stands one you do not know. Later in his life, Bertrand Russell, the famous atheist of the last century, was asked what he would do if he woke up on the heavenly shores and was asked by St. Peter why he didn't believe in God. Not enough evidence, God, not enough evidence. 
Part of me wonders if we're all looking for a little more evidence. And yet, part of me also wonders if we've forgotten where to look for evidence, where to look for God to be found. Because God is found in humility and in need. God doesn't fill stadiums to witness the grand, divine grand entrance onto the world's center stage. God doesn't notify the newspapers. God comes quietly. God's evidence is humility and his language is mystery. It's God's way. It's the gospel's way. Salvation comes from the quiet strength, the gentle humility, the servant of God's only son. The word who spoke everything into being was perfectly willing to come to this world less as a word and more as a whisper. He was perfectly willing to remain anonymous to the Herods and Caesars of the world, to make himself known to blind people and deaf people, lepers and prostitutes and fishermen and fisherwomen and so very many others who were also the invisible members of the world, living on the margins of society, on the wrong side of the tracks. Among you stands one you do not know. It's not just Jesus, the one who stands among us without our knowing. Who are the people we fail to see? We made the promises at our baptisms to seek and serve Christ in all persons. But why, when we go to seek and serve Christ, do we only see him in some people and not others? Maybe the greatest barrier to seeing the divine presence among us is that we already have an idea or an image of who that one is or should be and what that one should look like and do. In other words, we think we know and we stick with what we think we know. We can't see the one because he or she does not meet our expectations or fit our categories of who, or, who he or she can be. Sometimes we don't see the one among us because he or she stands outside the box of our beliefs. And more often than not, we see and hear in such a way that it only confirms what we already believe. I love the story that Father Anthony DeMello tells in his great little book called Awareness. Henry, how you've changed. You were so tall and you've grown so short. You were so well built and you've grown so thin. You were so fair and you've become so dark. What happened to you, Henry? Henry says, I'm not Henry, I'm John. Oh, you changed your name too. Among you stands one you do not know. And so how will we see him when he comes among us this Christmas? How will we see him when he comes into our living rooms and our kitchens? How will we recognize his face on a Zoom call or behind a mask? How will we spy him out in our neighbor's joy or our spouse's sadness? How will we know him in the frailty of our aging parent? How will we see him in our teenage child who's driving us bonkers? One of the reasons Jesus comes as one who is unseen is just so that he can identify and take his place 
next to those who are unseen. If you want to see Jesus, you've got to look twice. You must slow down. You must let your eyes open wide. You must be attentive. Attention is love's gaze. And yes, if you cannot find Jesus, find John. John says that he isn't the Christ. He's just the one who prepares the way. He says that he's like a voice crying out in the wilderness. To find Jesus, you can do worse than look for the voice that's crying out around you. Who is in the wilderness? Who is scrambling for resources right now, right before you? Where is the hurt? Where is the sorrow? Who needs your kindness? Is it you? Next to the voice of the one crying out, right there beside her stands the one you do not know, but the one you long for, the one you were made to adore. Among you stands the one you do not know, and yet he knows you. And part of why we don't know him, or at least feel like we don't know him, is because he's so familiar to us. His love is what keeps us going. We wouldn't be here this morning if our lives hadn't been in some small way graced. If our hearts hadn't burned within us. If we hadn't known a taste, just a taste, of the liberty to the captives and the freedom to the oppressed. Perhaps it's those closest to us we struggle to know the best. Those closest we really must grow into seeing. Those whose lives are most intertwined with ours. Those without whose love would barely know who we ourselves are. They are the ones who stand among us and call out from their mysterious depths to be known. Those with whom we stand nearest are the greatest mysteries to us. And yet, he is closer to us, St. Augustine says. He is closer to us than we are to ourselves. As close as breath or touch or the voice of longing or the consolation of truth or the pang of justice or the flame of beauty or the rapture of presence. Among you stands one you do not know. Stir up your power, O God, and come among us. So we prayed in our opening collect. Give us eyes to see you and give us hearts that want to see you. Flood our minds with the knowledge of you. Don't let us stop looking for you. And in our searching, we pray you find us. Until we know ourselves and all things held together in you. Amen.